Kronstadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, your announcer for the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. <laughs> Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship it's service fine. is the organist, Mrs. Susan Seneca. And the acolytes are Danica Yelenik and McKenna Schmidt. Today's order of service can be found at trinityradio.com. Our radio broadcast today is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Our opening hymn, I am trusting the right, Lord so Jesus, as you are can be found your on page we'll 729 ahead, of the Lutheran uh, and service begin book. This morning May God bless with us our as worship. we worship together. Good to go? All right. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you, Lord, that once again your mercies are new every morning. Uh, Lord, regardless of whatever the stress or anxiety or the pain that we brought in with us through these doors this morning, Lord, we know that we can lay it all at your feet, uh, because your word has told us to cast all of our anxieties upon upon you, because you care for us. And so we pray, Lord, that by your spirit that you would help us to do that here today. And Lord, we thank you uh, that we are gathered here as a church body, uh, that we are gathered here as brothers and sisters in Christ, united under one name, the name that is above every name, uh, the name of Jesus. And it is in that name that we begin, and it is in that name that we pray here this morning. Amen. Please stand. So we make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. So Almighty God, in His mercy, has given His Son to die for you, and for His sake He forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. The Lord is King forever and ever. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, 
Behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. At this time, I invite all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message given today by Mr. Clybaker. Uh, now is a good time to bring up your offering, your mighty mites, when you come up as well. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Good, good. Hey, this has been kind of a fun time of year, hasn't it? Did you guys enjoy Christmas? Did any of you get any presents for Christmas? Mm Mm-hmm. How many of you got presents that you had no idea what was inside? Most of you? Yeah, good, good. Did you get any presents that you knew what was inside, all the wrapping or the bag or anything? Yeah, some of those kind of come along. Well, this is February. There's a holiday coming up shortly. What holidays in February? Anybody, just say it. Valentine's Day, right. Oh, roses and chocolate and LYF dinner. There's a plug, Miss Hanson. There you go. All those kinds of wonderful things. We give gifts to the folks that we love. Somebody's got a birthday today sitting up here. Anybody know who that might be? Keenan, yeah. Good job, Cohen. Keenan's got a birthday. I bet he might get some gifts today. You think he'll know what's inside the boxes or the bags? Maybe. Maybe not. How about something that's really neat that happens? Most, some of you have little baby brothers and sisters. Do you remember when, uh, when someone in your family or a friend or maybe your mom was expecting a baby. Did you know what the baby was going to be? Cohen, did you know? You knew it was going to be a girl. Did you know right away, or did your mom and dad have to tell you? You just knew. God blessed you. That's pretty cool. Well, a lot of times we really don't know, and that's one of those special things that uh, only God kind of knows, right? Did you listen to what Mr. Goodman read to us just a couple of minutes ago from Jeremiah? It said, before I formed you in the womb, we could say before I formed you in your mama's belly, I knew you. 
God knew you before you were even a person. And before you were born, I set you apart. That's what he told Jeremiah. Did you know he did the same thing for all of us? He knew every one of you before you were even a baby. How awesome is that? God knows everything, doesn't he? Here's a question for you. Do any of you think you know what I've got in this bag that says peace? How many of you know what's in the bag? Oh, Cohen, you don't know what's in the bag. Who do you think does know what's in the bag? I know what's in the bag. Good job, Maddie. Who else knows what's in the bag? Anybody? Okay. Who do you think? Jesus. Oh, perfect answer. Perfect answer. Jesus knows exactly what's in the bag. Because Jesus knows everything, right? Okay. Let's see what's in the bag. Look at that. A candy cane. A candy cane. Now, you flip it up like that, and many of you have probably seen this before. It becomes a J. That's Jesus, right? J for Jesus. And when you load it like this, it's a candy cane. Yep. But it also kind of looks like a shepherd's crook. Jesus is such a cool God. He is the Lamb, and Jesus is also our shepherd, right? The God who knew us before we were even formed, just like he knew Jeremiah. God's got something special in mind for every one of you. And it's going to be a lot of fun for all of us older people here in the congregation to watch you as you grow up, to see what it is that God has planned for you. There's something, there's a candy cane, a Jesus shepherd's crook in the bag for every one of you. Keep that in mind. Jesus is your Savior. Jesus knew you before you were formed, and he certainly has a very important plan for you in your life too. All right? Let's say a quick prayer, and then everybody can get something out of the bag. Dear Heavenly Father, there are so many things that we just don't know. Help us to trust and believe in you, who does know everything, that we don't have to worry about the things we don't know because you do know how it's going to work out and everything is to be done and you work things, everything, to your glory. Thank you for sending Jesus to be our Savior and help us always to place our faith in him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you can go back to your seats after you reach into the bag. Our epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians, beginning at chapter 12, verse 31. 
but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. This is the word of our Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. And Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. They were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. 
And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any were, were all, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. of the day is number 851 in the Lutheran service book, Lord of glory you have bought us.
Would you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and mercy and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the Old Testament lesson from Jeremiah chapter 1. Please have that open and in front of you. We will be referring to it as we go along here this morning. The greatest movie that has ever been made was not The Sound of Music, it was not The Wizard of Oz, it was not Schindler's List, it was not any of those other wonderful Academy Award-winning movies. No, the greatest movie ever made was a movie that was based on a true story. It was a movie called Hoosiers. My favorite. In case you have never seen Hoosiers, shame on you. I have a copy, I'll lend it to you, but you have to give it back. The movie is based on a true story about, about a small town's basketball team, probably no bigger than the size of, of Lockwood or, or Golden City or Stott City. About a small town's basketball team that went all the way to the state championship and beat a big school, a big team from South Bend, Indiana. That part is the true part. The rest of it is sort of Hollywood filler that really makes for wonderful drama. But the character in the rest of the Hollywood drama that I want to point out to us here today is a character named Shooter. Shooter is the dad of one of the kids who was playing basketball. And Shooter is the town drunk. And he is the outcast. And everybody knows it. And he knows it. His wife has left him. He lives in some shambled house that doesn't even have heat. And he's pretty down and out. The man has no money. There's one scene in particular in which he has to, uh, he, he is in a restaurant, comes across the athletic director and the principal for the school, goes to him and sort of privately says, Can I, I really need some money for some food. And the, and the principal tries giving him money for food, but the man's son, Shooter's son, is there with him and says to give it back. Because his son is embarrassed by him. His son is embarrassed by his father. And then one day, the brand new coach, Norman Dale, if you, if you need a good name for a dog, either Norman or Dale is a great name, or a son, okay? The coach goes to Shooter's house because the coach no longer has an assistant because the principal has, has had some kind of a heart condition. And so the coach goes to Shooter's house and he says, Shooter, I want you to be my assistant. And Shooter says, me? You want, you want me to be your assistant? And the coach says, yeah, I do. And the movie goes on. Shooter ends up helping them win some really, really big basketball game, but then he ends up in the hospital because the vices that keep coming back to attack him, he just can't seem to get rid of of them. In our text for this morning, 
Jeremiah asks a very similar question. God comes to him. And the first thing that that comes out of God's mouth, you will see it there. Before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah, in verse 5, Lord God, behold, I do not yet know how to speak, for I am only a youth. Jeremiah says, who, me? Of all of the people, God, that you have chosen, you, you choose me. Somebody who is very young, somebody who doesn't know how to speak. And God reassures him, even after telling him before what his qualifications are. And his qualifications are A, that God has formed them, B, that God has known him, C, that God has consecrated him. And then I believe in verse, in verse 7, God says, yes, Jeremiah, you, and you have absolutely nothing to worry about. Because I am going to send you to my people and you are going to speak the words that I am going to place on your mouth. And then in an incredible scene, much better than the final scene of Hoosiers where they win the state championship. Sorry, spoil alert, you should have seen it by now. God goes and he, he literally touches Jeremiah's mouth and says, here, here's the words that you will speak. Yes, Jeremiah, you. And so the question before us this morning is, what does this text have to do with Epiphany? Epiphany, remember, we are still in that season. It is such a wonderful time of the church year that we will continue to celebrate it for a couple more weeks, and then Transfiguration Sunday, and then, my gosh, we have Lent. It's crazy, but that's how the church year works. So we are still in the season of Epiphany. And remember that Epiphany is the celebration of the fact that the light of the world, Jesus Christ, has come into the world. As John says, the world has not understood it. But the light has come. And what an epiphany for God's people. What a revelation. What a message. What a gospel. What good news for his people. That the light of the world has come to us. So what does it have to do with epiphany? To answer that question, we're going to answer these two questions. The first question... Going back to our text. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. What does it mean that God knew us? What does it mean that God knows us? It means a couple of things. Number one, it means that God knows us physically. He knows the number of hairs on our heads. He knows what color eyes that we were going to have before we were born. He knew how tall that we would be or how short, that we would have five fingers and and toes, and he knew everything about us. Here are some verses which really help to illustrate that point. From Psalm 139, verses 15 through 16, wonderful verses. This is from King David. 
He writes, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. My frame was not hidden from you, David writes, when I was made in the secret place. David writes that, that, he, was in, that he was intricately, specially made, wonderfully made, by God in his mother's womb. The next verse that, that I found, and by the way, there are many, many more of these that you can find. This one from Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. Paul writes, But when he who had set me apart made me holy, set me apart, took me from here and placed me here before I was even born, and who called me by his grace. For God to know us, for God to know Jeremiah, means that he has set us apart. Set us apart even before we were born. And then eventually called by his grace. From Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. One of my favorites. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Have you ever wondered why whenever we baptize somebody, whenever somebody is baptized, at least in our church, we ask for the first, middle, and last name? It's for that very reason right there. Because God has called us by our name. And has called us into a new relationship with Him where we are made a brand new creation. So God knows us physically. He has made us a new creation. But He knew us in another way too. In many ways, perhaps the most important way. Paul writes again from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this time from verse, chapter 5, verse 21, for our sake, yours and mine, and Paul's, he made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so how else has God come to know us? How else did did God come to know Jeremiah? He came to know your sin. Every single one. He knew it. Not only did he know it, but he became it. You think you've been sick. He became your sin. All of the ways in which you have failed him, all of the ways in which you have failed to live up to the Ten Commandments, all of the ways that he 
uh, that, that Paul wrote about in the epistle text, how love is patient and kind and is not self-seeking and rude, and all of these things, all the ways that you have failed to love as Christ has loved, Christ became it. And he became it for you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew your sin. And he sends his son to become that sin. And so whatever whatever your sin is, if you have a particular sin, whatever that is, whether it is something that you commit, whether it is something that has happened to you, Luther writes about this so well in his large catechism. He writes about how, and when he is talking about in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, O Lord, deliver us from evil. Evil is sin. And all of the evil that befalls us, all of those things which do not allow us to have our daily bread, is sin. And that sin takes various forms. It takes forms of things that we do, things that we do that we know that that we shouldn't do. It takes the form of broken relationships. It takes the form of job loss. It takes the form of of death. Any evil that befalls us is sin. And so how well does your God know you? He knows even your sin. Even the ones that you don't tell anybody about. He knows it. And he knew it. And he became it. So as he hung there on the cross, he became that which the Heavenly Father hated. And that's why, and we've talked about this before, but that's why he turns his back on his son. Why? Because he should have done it to you. God turning his back was meant for you and me. But no. No, God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I became your sin. There's another verb right after that. Before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart. You were here, and I put you here. You should have been there, and I baptized you here. I set you apart. I consecrated you. The Bible talks about how we, we, we have a, a, and the holy God, and a holy God that is set apart, a holy, consecrated, set apart people for Him. Yes, you. Perhaps some of you, quietly in your own thoughts, might even might be thinking, me? Yeah, you. You with that sin. You with that brokenness. You with that evil. You with that hardship. Yes, you. God has separated and set you apart, has consecrated you for Him and for His plan and for His purposes. 
The Bible, as always, says it better. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, one of my favorite books. It is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, sometimes people will read this verse and think that becoming holy is something that we do, that we aspire to, that we strive for every single day, sort of like this carrot that sits in front of us and we keep walking towards it and walking towards it and walking towards it and walking towards it, but we can never get there. It's not a carrot. It's not something that you do. It is everything that God has done for you. Again, on the cross, he has made you holy. On the cross, he has consecrated you. On the cross, he has set you apart. You are holy because he who was holy has made you holy. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. One that I'm sure many of us, if not all of us, have heard before. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. And now we're royalty a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are royalty because of Christ. You are holy because of him who has set you apart. You are a people for his own possession. Who, me? Yes, you. that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And so what, is it, what does all of this have to do with epiphany? That's our question. To help us answer that, I read from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Now, I, I don't normally read texts in a sermon that are this long. It's not... Really long, but it's more than just a couple of verses. But as I was going through it in preparation for this message, I was like, well, I can't, I can't leave that out, and I can't leave that out, and they really need to hear this, and I need to hear this. So we're just going to listen to what Paul writes here in, in Ephesians 1. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. Capital B. In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed him, were sealed 
with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. Take a moment to let that sink in. That's, that is mind-blowing. I wanted to know what that word chose meant in the original language in that text from Ephesians. And in verse 4, the word choose, that God chose us, it means this literally. To make a choice in accordance with significant preference. To select someone for yourself. So let me, let me sum that up. God chose you on purpose. It was not a mistake. It was not an error. It was not chance. It was not by something that you did. God chose you on purpose. And he picked you for himself. Why? Because he knows you. Because he knew you before the foundation of the entire world. Who, me? Yes, you. Yes, you, the one with that sin that you can't get rid of. Yes, you, the one with the broken marriage. Yes, you, the one who is so worried about what's going to happen to your kids. Yes, you, the one who is without a job and is worried about how you're going to provide for your family. Yes, you, who was worried about your own future. Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you. So what does it all have to do with Epiphany? What does it all have to do with the fact that the light of the world has come into the world and has shone in our darkness? Because the light of the world came for you. The light of the world has known you and knows you. The light of the world has consecrated you. Yeah, you. And what Satan will try to do is, and I'm I'm telling you this now because I, I know what he's going to try to do when you leave here. He's going to try to confuse you. And he's going to, he will, he, will, he will take the words that I speak here, the words that you spoke from, that, that you heard from God's word here, and he will try to say, well, but not you because, because you do this, or not you because you have this, or not, not you because no, 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 no. If you need to rehear the message, come and find me. I will be happy to, to speak it to you. It's on the radio. It's on the podcast. This is God's word telling you Yes, you. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, has come to you. Yes, you. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, has known you. Yes, you. And the light of the world, Jesus Christ, has consecrated you. And he has set you apart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so this morning using the Apostles' Creed as is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, who was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, At this time, we are going to do the commissioning of newly elected or continuing church officers. Uh, But before we do that, uh, if you are or if you were a church officer in this last um, term, whether you have either termed out or whether you chose not to run again, will you please stand so that we might recognize you and thank you for your service to our congregation? Will you please stand? Thank you. You may be seated. And now, at this time, if you are continuing in your office or were newly elected, will you please come forward and gather at the front of the altar here? Dear Christian friends, as part of the priesthood of all believers, we all are called to offer ourselves to the Lord of the Church in thanksgiving for what He has done and continues to do for us. It is our privilege to recognize and support those who are engaged in the work of this congregation, especially those who are here before us, uh, who have been elected to, to different positions and different offices in, in, in our church. St. Paul writes, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives to everyone ability for particular service. The Spirit's presence is shown in some way in each person for the good of all. All of you have been elected to positions of leadership and trust in this congregation. You are to see that the words and deeds of this household of faith reflect Him in whose name we gather. You are to work together with other members to see that the worship and work of Christ are done in this congregation and that God's will is done in this community and in the whole world. You are to be diligent in your specific area of serving, that the one Lord you serve is glorified. You are to be examples of faith, active in love, to help maintain the life and harmony of this congregation. On behalf of your brothers and sisters in Christ, I ask you, are you ready to accept and faithfully perform the duties of the office to which you have been elected? If so, answer yes with the help of God. People of God, I ask you, will you support these, your elected leaders, and will you share in the mutual ministry 
that Christ has given to all of us as the priesthood of all believers? If so, answer yes with the help of God. I now commission you as officers of Trinity Lutheran Church in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these folks who are gathered here this morning, Lord, and for those uh, other officers who are not able to be here for whatever reason. We thank you, Lord, for them. We thank you for uh, their heart, their willingness to be nominated, and, and Lord, that they would be elected. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would continue to bless them and continue to watch over them uh, as they perform the responsibilities that you have so graciously given them. May you grant to them from your Holy Spirit all perseverance and faith and strength, uh, Lord, that they might be able to faithfully perform these responsibilities. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And so what I want to do is I want all of you to gather around the font, uh, close, and I invite any and all who would like to to come forward uh, to lay hands on these folks, uh, and we are going to pray once more for them as they lead us in this next term uh, as congregational officers. So if you would like to come forward uh, and lay hands on them with me, that would be wonderful. Gather in a little bit closer. There's not going to be enough room. And so we pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for these individuals here. We pray that by your mercy that you would uplift them, strengthen them, so that in everything that they think, do, and say, that it would be a reflection of the hope uh, that you have placed in them, which is your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we acknowledge to you that you are the Lord of the church, and Lord, we are but members of that body. And Lord, we ask that as, as... as we are this Trinity Lutheran Church and school family, that you would help us to continue to support them, help us to continue to encourage them, to lift them up in our own prayers, Lord, so that they might be able to, as well as they are able, uh, to faithfully perform these responsibilities that you have given them to the best of the abilities that you have given to them also. Lord, we pray that in, in this next term that you would keep the fiery arrows of Satan away from them. And Lord, may they take up the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness, Lord, the full armor of God, so that they might be able to, uh, so that they might be able to always know, Lord, that not only that you are there, Emmanuel, that you are with them, but Lord, that you have known them and that you have consecrated them for you and for your purposes. And for them, Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming up, and you can go back and sit down. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings. Uh, In the pew that you are in is a red sign-in book. Whether you are a member or a guest, please sign that book so we know that you're here to worship with us. Uh, The offering plate will be coming around, uh, so we gather our tithes and offerings.
couple of announcements. The Board of Evangelism is holding a food in gathering this week. We appreciate the generosity of our church family in helping serve several families in our church and the community with food and monetary donations. Trinity Lutheran School Carnival will be held on March 8th with <coughs> dinner served from 5.30 to 7 games from 6 to 8.30, and a silent auction from 6 to 8.45. Our second annual TLS 8th grade class chili cook-off and dessert auction will be held Sunday, March 3rd, following the worship service. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have chosen us, that you have consecrated us, that you have known and do know us. We are holy, chosen, and blameless because we have been redeemed by the blood of the light of the world, the light of the world in whose epiphany we are chosen for life. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, we pray for this nation, for those elected and appointed to positions of leadership, to provide us with daily bread and for the common aid of us all. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for seasonable weather, for the fruitfulness of the earth. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also pray for laborers in, in their labor, for the armed forces and police who defend us, for medical workers who care for us, and for the noble character of honest work. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also pray a special prayer for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. 
Especially, Lord, we pray a special prayer for those on our health list, for Melba and for Lanny, for Janice and Myron and Carol, for Orrin and Ethel and Joan and Addison and Steve and Becky and Wayne and Bob and Bob and Mark and Lauren and Gary, for Emma, for Brenda, for Rose Marie, for Bob, for John and for Arlene, for Debbie, for Marianne, for Ellie, and for Mary, and for Fred and Lisa, for Ramona, for Maxine, and Jen. And Lord, for all those that we know who are suffering, that we name before you in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray, too, for wisdom to cherish the gift of life, for the protection and care of mothers with child, and for our pursuit of just laws that will extend protection to the child in the womb. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray, too, for our communion this day. We pray for hearts led to repentance and faith renewed by the Spirit, and for the true unity of faith that will bear the fruit of unity at the table of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Lord, we thank you for 37 years of marriage given to Deidre and to Bob Menning, uh, as they will celebrate that on February the 6th. Lord, for all those that we know who are celebrating wedding anniversaries, we thank you for them. We thank you that you have brought them together under the name that is above every name. And Lord, we know that as your word says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so Lord, we pray that you would continue uh, to immerse yourself in our marriages and in our families. Uh, And Lord, that in all things, uh, that you would protect and to guide them. Lord, in your mercy. Finally, Lord, for all these things, we pray that you would grant us all, all things beneficial and to keep us from all things harmful. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, even more praising you and singing.
Hear us, Lord, as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and with Lutheran Christians you confess, I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Christ, welcome to the Lord.
First of our distribution hymns is number 842 in the Lutheran service book, Son of God, Eternal Savior.
second of our distribution hymns today is Oh Love How Deep, number 544 in the Lutheran Service Book.
final distribution hymn today is number 783 in the Lutheran service book, Take My Life and Let It Be.
faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Pray the post-communion collect together. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Our closing hymn today is number 933 in the Lutheran service book, My Soul Rejoices. service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Frystep, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on FrystepRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things.
Okay, and some announcements as we close for this Sunday. First, your contribution statements are in your mailbox. Please review them as soon as possible and report any discrepancies to the office. Uh, Apparently, there is a big football game today. Uh, And so, everyone is invited to the Friends in Christ Super Bowl party at the home of Jeff and Marcy Perigen this evening, beginning at 4.30. Uh, if you do not know where that is and would like to know, uh, please either find me or find uh, Susan. Are the Parisians here today? I hope I saw them. Uh, Susan, raise your hand up there. Um, she is our wonderful organist um, and her husband Bob as well. If you would like to know where that is, it's not far. Uh, that, bit, that begins at 4.30. Uh, chili and chicken noodles for supper. Ooh. Uh, bring side dishes to share. Um, all ladies of the congregation are invited to attend the Dorcas Ladies' Aid meeting on Thursday, February 7th at 1.30 in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, and then finally, the Lutheran Youth Fellowship Fundraiser, the Valentine's Dinner, is next Sunday, February the 10th. Uh, sign-up sheets are on the table in the back in the narthex there. There are youth in the back who are happy to assist you with that. The cost is $12 per person or $20 per couple. Uh, between, and so that is all of the announcements that we have. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.